0: going to be looking at Luke chapter 18 this morning and maybe another passage in Revelation but we're going to uh, start off by reading the story of the rich young ruler because I think it's going to shed light on what we're going to be talking about today and that's found in Luke chapter 18 beginning in verse 18 and it says this, it says, and a certain ruler asked him, that's Jesus saying, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when he had heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And and when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly... Shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Wow. Things, faith doesn't make things easier sometimes. It just makes things possible. Faith makes things possible. And he says, Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all, and follow thee. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, There is no one that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. The message today is simply going to be this question. What is missing? What is missing from your life? What is it that is missing in your Christian race? Okay? Now, I know you come to church service this morning, and even, you know, I'm like you every week, too. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, another another Sunday morning service, you know, and uh, what's the preacher going to talk about? And, you know, you try to stay focused. And then, you know, through the singing, you, yeah, you feel sometimes disconnected, you know, from uh, the, what's being sung, and, and even sometimes when someone's praying, or people are praying down here at the altar, or you see someone come, you just, you know, it doesn't seem to move you anymore, or, you know, when uh, we have Servant Surrender Sunday that's coming up, and you know, it's just that sometimes we were in our calendar meeting the other uh night, Thursday night I believe, our staff meeting, and we were talking about Servant Surrender Sunday. And I must admit, in my mind, I started thinking, you know, you you, you just start it just starts to get old to you a little bit. You know, well here we are again at Servant Surrender Sunday. You know, and what I'm getting at is sometimes we can get caught up in just going through the processes going through the steps you know we, we come to church but the question is what is that one thing what is that thing that is missing and you know it's it's not the preacher it's not the music it's not the they. it's not that they don't have enough uh, ministries for me to get involved in or you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's not just about the church. I'm not just talking about our church. But I'm talking about our own Christian life. You know, uh, I'm amazed how even sometimes when I start trying to pray, raise, this if you, if this ever, raise your hand if this ever happens to you. You start praying and all of a sudden you just start daydreaming. Does that happen to you sometimes? I mean, you're like, wait, wasn't I just praying? And all of a sudden, I mean, sometimes it's, Sometimes it's good. I mean, it's good thoughts you're still having about God, but even praying sometimes can be difficult. You know, and uh, being excited about God's word, you know, what if? And I saw a quote the other day, and I think it was David Platt or somebody like that had mentioned, you know, what if we turned off the air conditioner? And What if we, you know didn't have the comfortable seats or we didn't have music and we didn't have all the accommodations and we didn't have, you know, your friend or your family that, that, you know, originally came to this church or brought you here. Would God's word be enough to get you here? Is God's word still enough? You know, is is his word still exciting to you? And I believe if you're a Christian, at some point you've had those... You know, I look at an athlete's career like LeBron James and Michael Jordan and some of the maybe you like football, you know, uh, I'm drawing a blank on most all football players right now, (laughs) but Tom Brady, right? Got to remember him. You know, there's a window of time where most people are great. You know, their skills are at their best and their passion is at their most. And the the window of time to win a championship, you know, was there. And they're just different. You know, they're, 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 there's something about them that is different. And uh, if you're a Christian, you've had those times in your life where, you know, man, I was teaching Sunday school. I was doing this with the men. I was, you know, uh, working with their children and, uh, you know, on top of going to work. And, but now you're just feeling kind of blah. You know, you get that way. And, but listen, God wants to encourage us today, and that's what I want this message to do, is uh, we I've told y'all that, you know, I work for Newton County School Systems, and this last week I was in a, a meeting, and now actually I'm not working with transportation just to give y'all an update. i moved over to School Nutrition, where, you know, I'm dealing with the cafeterias and Uh, The technology and all that's in the cafeterias throughout Newton County Schools, basically uh, making sure they have all the technology they need. So uh, through that process, we're talking about uh, audit that's coming to the school system this year. And, man, it is very stressful when the school system is under an audit because they come in and they will look at all our documents, all all kind of information, anything they ask for, we have to give them. And if they have a finding, then, you know, especially when it deals with someone's school lunch, they can say, wait, y'all filled out this application and you didn't mention all the parents' incomes on this form one time, so now we need to recoup all the money that would uh, that you know, if that kid ate 50 times that year, 100 times that year, he shouldn't have been able to eat for free. So now, the school system, y'all owe us about 600 bucks. You know, just one little thing like that, you know, it can start to add up. And I was amazed how, you know, really there's not a whole lot of findings. I mean, I gotta have something to drink. But, um, so. But yeah, so when there's a finding, there's generally, there may not always. Sometimes there's a plan. There's a plan. Okay, if you'll do this, but if they if they come back this year and what they found five years ago is still there, it's an automatic fine. And some things are automatic fines. And listen, guys, let's just imagine that God today, through His Word, it comes to New Rocky Creek, comes to you, and is going to do an audit of your life an audit of where your heart stands before God today. Now, I can't see, you know, I can I can see y'all looking back at me, but I don't know where you're at. And you don't know where I'm at, but man, God knows where we're at. And I think about um, the story of the rich young ruler, and really this message of the rich young ruler has a lot when Jesus is teaching his disciples a lot about money and how money And the love for money can cause people to, you know, it can be a challenge for them to really um, serve the Lord. And uh, here comes this rich young ruler, and, you know, his question to Jesus is, how might I inherit eternal life? And he's thinking this is something that he can do. And Jesus begins to give him some some of the commandments. And the guy's like, well, I've done that, I've done that, and... He goes on to say, well, what about um, selling all your goods? And uh, he says this. He says, um, now when Jesus heard these things, he said to them, yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. But when they had heard this, when he heard this, he was sorrowful, for he was very rich. And Jesus saw that he was sorrowful. And he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Listen, all that man really needed to do was come to Jesus. Okay? You know, the, the love that he had for money, the love that he had for, you know, Jesus can take those things from us. Jesus can give us, you know, he can give us that love that's lacking. And, you know, if let's just say the rich young ruler said, well, I've done that. I've already sold all that. Listen, that, let me just tell you, that list was never going to end as long as the rich young ruler thought it was something that he could do to inherit eternal life. Jesus could go on for days. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? That list was never going to end. That's the whole point of the list. It was to get him to realize that salvation is through Jesus Christ, through loving him. And yes, through loving him, those things you know, will be given to him. Your, 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 your money, your, your, you know, your time, the things that God asks us and, uh, and demands of us. So I have a little, I found this uh, spiritual checklist, Um, and I wrote down as I was preparing this sermon, I was thinking about some things that, you know, how are we lacking, how am I lacking, and I'll be honest with you, I feel, I feel this way, in a lot of ways, as as I'm praying, I feel in the last two years, has been a lot of training for me uh, with my career, and you know, it's just, it's. It gets you bogged down. And, I'll, I, and I don't see how y'all do it when you're, you know, I'm not married, don't have children, and I think about, man, y'all are y'all are doing all that and you've got all these responsibilities, and yet you're still here, and yet some of you are still serving the Lord, and it's hard. Man, being a kid is, it, it, you know, is, you don't think about all that when you're a kid. But man, it's tough. All the things that, that we're having to do, and the, one of the things that I wrote, you know, and maybe you're lacking this, this area is be faithful. You know, I know we were at the baptism the other night, and uh, when when I'm always asked what advice can I give to a young believer, a lot of times I'll go this direction. And listen, if nothing else, be faithful to God, especially in church, because no matter what happens this week. You know, if you get distracted from reading the word of God, from praying, if you'll come to church, you're going to get that dose. You're going to get a dose of, of what God expects from you, even if it's just a snack, even if it's just a cracker, right? Even if it's just a little something. You do that every week. You're going to, God's going to give you some direction. And he's going to give you some stability. You know, but you've got to be faithful. You've got to be faithful. You know, and uh, the Bible even says, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, you know, as the manner of some is. And even the more, as you see that day approaching. But man, you can go across churches everywhere and seats are, 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 you know, there's more and more seats that are empty. There's more and more people at the ball field and not at the church house. You know, there's more and more people at home right today watching Netflix and, you know, trying to catch up on their series is, not, no longer. It's no longer a, uh, a real commitment to come to church. So be faithful. Be faithful to coming to church, but also be faithful you know, in your love relationship with Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, and I'll, as I read through this checklist of things, I want you to think about your heart. Think about where maybe you've been over the years. And sometimes maybe this was true of you. Maybe sometimes it, maybe today it's not. But when looking at being faithful, think about this. Can you go hours or days without having more than a passing thought of God? Can you go hours or days without having even a passing thought of God? It's sad, but there's people that do. You don't have a strong desire to spend time with Jesus anymore? Do you still have a strong desire to spend some time with him? Do you have a strong hunger for the word of God? Bible reading has become a chore to you now. You know, and and I'm even looking at, I'm looking into my own life and I look as I walk in sometimes and I see all those books I have on the shelves. Man, I used to be so passionate about, I want to read that book and I want to I want to dig a little deeper into this topic of grace or, or salvation or different doctrinal issues. And walk by the bookshelf and I see dust over there. And it's just not as much of a passion for me to dig deep into some of these areas. And, and God's convicted me. It's like, you know, what happened to that, that passion to learn a little bit more about God, to go a little bit deeper? into God's word. When's the last time you learned something new about God's word through your own pursuit? See, so A lot of us come to church and say, you need to give me something I ain't never heard. And I think the pastor feels that pressure sometimes. And I tell Brother Randy, Brother Randy, you don't need to be worried about what you preached 13 years ago. People, People don't remember what you preached 13. You know, even one year ago. People are people's mind goes from one place to the next where sometimes just getting to something, you can find something deep in John 3.16 that someone's never heard, you know. But my question is, when is the last time that you learned something about God's word through your own hunger and pursuit of God? And that's a good sign that you're spiritually in a good place, you know. When's the last time you done that, that you got... God I said, man, I, I want to know more about baptism. And I love it when I see the children doing that. They come up to me, and you see that hunger. All of a sudden, they didn't used to have it. Now they want to know. Mr. Josh, tell me about baptism, or as they call it, baptized. I want to get baptized. Tell me more about what that means. They're hungry to know about it. And listen, if if uh, if you're not hungry for God's word." There's no way your children are going to be. You know, if, if you're not spending some time and learning something, because you know what, you're going to want to tell somebody when you're excited. Man, uh, you know, son, let me tell you what God told me. When's the last time you told your son or daughter? Let me tell you something God showed me this week. Or, you know, or something I, let me tell you something I even heard this week. Right? And that's a good sign that you're, you're, you know, are you there? Or when, or when you start seeing a book or you start seeing, hearing something on the radio or people start having a, a, t- a conversation about the Bible, do you just feel like, I'm not going to waste my time with that anymore? I done been there, done had that conversation. You know, I'm, it's just not my thing anymore, you know, to get into that. Um, spending time in prayer is a burden. Rather than a delight, spending time is a burden. Rather than a delight, is that lacking in your life? You know, When's the light? man? When when prayer is good, prayer is good. Some of us maybe have never, maybe you've never been to that place in your prayer life where you felt the total love of God. You felt his overwhelming uh, uh, acceptance of you, where he reminds you that he's your creator, where he reminds you that he saved you from out of the pits, and all of a sudden his spirit comes upon you and you feel like you're this little sometimes, and you feel the greatness of God through prayer and through talking with him, and you feel all the weight of the world come off your shoulder. And you feel that peace, you know, like you're, you know, a lot of us, we're going to the beach to try to find that, right? I got to get to get away, or we're going to, you know, out to eat, or we're going to the movies, or we're going to the ball field, or we're going to the deer stand. That's where you find in your peace these days, maybe. And when's the last time you got down on your knees and found that peace that God gives us through prayer? You know, so much happens, so many battles, so many things that we're dealing with is because we don't no longer have that delight, that, that love of God in our prayer time. Um, has your worship, is it become formal, dry, and lifeless? Are you merely going through the motions I know Brother Garrett will appreciate me mentioning this because, you know, we forget sometimes just like a pastor of the word, minister of the word has you know, a desire to, for y'all to, to obey the word of God and to, uh, you know, connect to to word of God and to, to uh, be excited about the word of God, so does the minister of music. Have that same, and I've seen it in staff meetings. You know, Garrett, man, I just want people to be, I just want, I just want us to grow. I just want us to continue to, to worship the Lord and grow in our worship in the Lord. And, you know, And he, he has that same passion. When he looks out here, he wants to see y'all excited about God and, and worshiping him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, but, you know, that's on you. That's on me. And I don't mean a lot of times I'm, I'm distracted, you know, or in morning time, I'm not a morning person really, and it takes me a little bit of time sometimes to get really in the right place, but that's on me. Maybe I need to get up a little earlier and spend some more time with the Lord and prepare my heart. But has worship become I'm just going through the motions for you? Is that what's lacking in your life, your worship of Him? Um. Private prayer and worship are almost non-existent, cold and dry. We are more concerned about our physical health, well-being, and comfort than we are about the condition of our own soul. You know? Um, that it's a shame that we, you know, we feel more guilty for eating and for going out to eat and eating this big pizza than we do for some of the sins is remaining in our life and the things that we commit throughout the week. We don't even feel bad about it. That doesn't concern us anymore. You know? And <clears throat> you know, the Bible even talks about how you know, bodily body exercise or bodily exercise, it really profits little in the long term of you know, eternity. Is it important? Yeah, I think it is. But do I, have a, do I have just as an intense plan for my spiritual condition as I do my physical condition? Is there any plan, <laughs> you know? Is there any plan for my spiritual condition to, 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 to be changed and for me to gain strength in my spiritual life? Do you see? Yeah, I used to, when I used to work out some back, I hadn't really done, can't really claim much in the last few years, really, just hit and miss. But I remember having that chart back, you know, when you were Sears. Justin knows what I'm talking about. When you're trying to get that bench press to go up a little bit or you're trying to get that curl bar to go, you know, put out a few more weights on there. You have that little chart and you just see it going up and up and up. All of a sudden, you're like, you know, you hit those numbers. Man, this really works. This really works. If I just stick to it, I'm really getting stronger. It's amazing. You know, you didn't believe it when you read it. You know, you're like, ah, But it's such a slow increase three pounds three and a half pounds two and a half pounds each week or five pounds all of a sudden and now you're you're putting these big plates on your bar and you're like wow because you had a plan you know your spiritual life's the same way you don't have to be try to be your plan shouldn't be to be billy graham by the end of the year it's not going to work just like my plan to be Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of the year which was probably my plan didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Because there was some things, there was some years, there was some, there was some knowledge and things that they had that I didn't have and discipline that I didn't have. But at least I had a plan, and I saw a change. But in your spiritual life, some of us are sitting back and saying, I just don't, it's not, I just don't feel like I'm growing. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm in the same old place. Well, if that's how you're feeling, it's because you don't really have a plan. You don't, you're not really taking on and challenging yourself spiritually. You know, what, how do we grow stronger physically? By putting an unknown stress on our body for an amount of time, you know, slowly increasing that that load. Well, that's what God is trying to do for us. But instead of being pushing it and, and, and running towards it and accepting that burden or accepting that challenge or accepting that role in ministry or that, you know, uh, maybe it's something he's wanting you to do in your own family. You know, having a Bible study or instead of doing that, we, we fall, fall back, right? Fall back a little bit. And that opportunity to get stronger, for your family to be stronger, for you to be stronger as a Christian, is not there because we are not accepting those things that can make us stronger Um, do we crave physical food while having little appetite for spiritual food that's me sometimes I I just got convicted and I love to go find some good food don't y'all I've been on a sushi bench here lately anybody like sushi probably not raise your hand if you like sushi I need to all right, y'all like some sushi. I hadn't really been a big fan of it, but now I'm really liking it, and I, I'm excited to go find some new food or somewhere that you don't know. And, and you go, and it's, and it's delicious. Anybody else like to do that? Especially if you don't have to drive hours away. So if y'all need to know where some good food is, I can t- probably tell you. But um, but man, when's the, when's the last time I have got excited about, hey, have you heard about that? Uh, new Bible study, or have you heard about that new preacher that comes on the radio, you know, or that conference, or that, um, you know, that small group that's meeting, or that, you know, there's opportunities out there. If you are hungry and excited about the Word of God, you know, everything that, uh, all your spiritual nourishment doesn't have to come from Sunday morning, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. You have a Bible, you know, there are great ministries out there that we can even watch on television at times. There's books, there's, there's studies, there's all kind of things out there that when we get hungry and we start looking for, you know, for God, we, we find things. We find some really cool things. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You know, I, I think about the, um, appreciate Katie for, and some of the other ladies in our church this summer. You know, I, I must admit, you know, on Wednesday night, throughout the summer, it gets a little dry sometimes around here. And when I was looking around, and Katie mentioned, let's, you know, let's, let's pray about having a special children's ministry this summer, getting some more people in. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Who are we going to pick from? You know, where's everybody at? And, uh, you know, but she had a burden for that, and it's amazing how this summer on Wednesday night we've been having, uh, we had 23 this last week on Wednesday night children here, or 21 or 22, somewhere around there. Last week we had around 20, and we had about seven or eight helpers or more. You know, this weekend we went to uh, Dawson Trails, and next weekend we're going somewhere, and, you know, I must admit, I had some blinders on. And, and me and Katie even talked about it. You know, we got to want us. We don't want to burden everybody. We don't want to get everybody. People need a break, and they do. But listen, we got to realize still that there's people that want to serve the Lord. There's people that, you know, maybe we're down, but maybe other people are up, you know. And when we stay excited and about God, our expectations are going to be up here. You know, part of the problem with New Rocky Creek Baptist Church is our own spiritual state can determine the expectations that we have at our church. You know, your Sunday school class. You know, if you're not spiritually excited about the Lord, your expectations for your students. If, if, if you're not studying the Word, you're not going to expect them to. If you're not really praying, you're not going to be, hey, you know, what's God teaching you? Or if you're not really witnessing... You know, it's hard to, where you're at spiritually will determine the expectations you have for your ministry, our ladies' ministries and things. You know, if, if you're, you as the leader, you can't take people to where you're not. So as we as spiritual leaders increase in our favor and our love for God, you're going to see your ministry increase. And as that increases, you're going to see the church increase. You know, Brother Chris and the youth. And, you know, don't let discourage... What the devil wants to do is he wants to discourage us. Right? And, um, you know, I thought about... As we went to Dossett Trails yesterday. And I saw those animals in the, in the cages and stuff. And, and I think it's... There's some good, for, good to that. Because people are able to see these animals. And it helps money come in to support them. And I'm not against... Dosset trails and what we saw yesterday, but what was cool was when we went to the coyote, coyote and the kids started going and all of a sudden that coyote picked up on it, and he started crying out too, you know, and i started I kind of felt a little sadness for that coyote I said, you know he he's probably missing missing being out in the wild a little bit he uh as Christians, I started to think, you know, we have a little bit of a caged mentality when we when we're in church and everything is set up nice for us. You know, we you know, I seen them laid back. Most of them all were perched somewhere in the top of their cage somewhere just chilling, you know, relaxing. There's no stress. There was no expectation that animal didn't have to go kill anything that day to eat. There was no desire to you know, really even have to worry about who I was. They was curious. They had gotten so used to seeing people that even tapping on the cages and making noises and, you know, all the things kids like to do. we try to tell them not to. Didn't even affect the birds. You know, they're just like, seen it all. And that who they really are has been stifened. Because of their environment and because of where they're at now, they don't really have to really be a coyote anymore. I don't really have to be a bird, I don't really have to fly you know and it's cool to see them, but it, I started to think about me and you as Christians sometimes in churches you know where you know what are we where we, we do really good here we do really good when you no, we get perched up in our ministry we, and we can just do the little things that we're supposed to do and go home. You know, go to Sunday school, come to church. But what happens when the Bible says we're supposed to go out into the world and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. God needs warriors. Right? He needs us, you know. And sometimes we're kind of like that—those birds and those coyotes. You know, yeah. We 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 can do what we do in the in the cage, and maybe we can do what we do in church. But what good are we? Are we? Would we? Are we able to to take that into the world? If we were to let that coyote out, would he still be able to survive? Has he lost those things that? What's lacking? You know, has his desire and his expectations and his hunger and thirst to survive has been decreased a lot because everything's been provided. God, we're blessed to be saved. We're blessed to be the redeemed. But there's people out there like that coyote crying. There's people crying out for us that need us, but they can't hear us because we're here. We're always you know, yes, we need to be in church, but we've got to be in the world. We've got to be a warrior for God in the world. These talents, these gifts—I'm sure that coyote and that bird starts wondering, you know, why do I really even need these wings? You know, why do I even really need these these sharp teeth and, and these or these claws, whoever you know, some of them or paws, whatever—they become and our spiritual gifts you start thinking, I'm a good teacher, I'm a good witness, I, I, I know a lot about the Bible, but I just don't see how that really plays into me right now here, you know, or I'm a really friendly, but you know, we have other friendly people at the church, or listen, these skills and these gifts, these talents that God has given you, is not just for New Rocky Creek, it's for you out in the world to make a difference for God be courageous be courageous for him Um, do we spend more time and effort on our physical appearance than on cultivating inner spiritual beauty to please Christ? Wow. I know we have some young people in here. And that's a challenge. Because the world puts these, you know, expectations, uh, you know, for young men and young ladies to try to look a certain way and, and be a certain way. And we... We put a lot of work and thought and time in, into the way we look. And that's great to look nice. And I'm glad, you know, that you do that. And people need to do that. We should care about how we look. But, and you'd be embarrassed. You'd say, I'd be embarrassed to wear that. Or I'd be embarrassed to post that picture. And But would you be embarrassed if someone could see your insides and see your heart and how you before God, would you if if someone could see that, how would we feel? You know, would we be embarrassed if someone really looked at the condition of our heart and our love relationship toward Christ? Is your heart toward Christ cold and different? Not tender as it once was? Is it not easily moved by the word of God or talk of spiritual things? That's a sign. Something is lacking. What is it that's missing? You know, sometimes I'll come home and, or not home, but I'll go over mom's house and pick up my dog, and she'll be, she'll have been watching Christian broadcast casting all day long, and she's all excited, and I'm thinking, you know, she'll start asking me stuff or wanting to get into a spiritual conversation. I'm just not there some days. I'm like, I don't want to even think about it. I don't, it's just too much right now. I just, I don't know. And uh, you know, but I notice if I'm if, if my heart is right, I've been praying, I'm in a good state, then you know, hey, what? Yeah, let's talk about this. It's 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 interesting again. You know, are spiritual things interesting to you again? Talks. Uh, talks about God. Uh, is Christianity more of a checklist than a relationship with Christ? Now, what's your checklist? I'm going to at least go to church I'm going to try to tithe I'm going to um, you know maybe go to Sunday school and you know try to um, you know attend some of the outings and you know at least be a witness in my family what's your checklist? It shouldn't be a checklist right it should be your love relationship with Jesus Christ it should determine how you serve serving him you know what's What's that love for him challenging you to do beyond any checklist? Because that's what the rich young ruler had and thought he was bringing to Jesus and wanted was a checklist. Just give me the dues. Listen, if, if you ask Jesus to give you the dues, you'll never be able to, to live and, and complete all the dues. Okay? It's an endless. But if you'll love him, you'll do the right thing. Jesus said, those who love me obey my commandments. If you love him, you will obey him. Um, Christianity is not defined by, by what we do, but by who we are. We need to be more about our being than our doing. Is our obedience and service to God motivated and fueled by our expectations of others and a desire to impress others more than a passion for Christ. You know, if nobody, inspe- if nobody you know, expects you to come to church, if nobody expects you to read your Bible, nobody expects you to witness, you know, and you're not going to be missed, you know, what, what then would we do if there was no expectation, there was no accountability? Those things are important. Accountability, expectations are important. But if it wasn't there, this wasn't your job. You know, this wasn't your, it wasn't a member. Or, or, you know, what would we do? A lot of times, you know, when we go out of town, I remember a minister telling me, you know, but sometimes who you really are when when you go out of town will come out. You know, when you start traveling and you start having some temptations to, do things, look at things, or be around things, or, you know, nobody's going to see me drink a little bit, you know, know, I'm going to get a little tipsy, I'm out of town, nobody at my church is going to see me, I don't see the big deal, you know, or uh, all kind of temptations, you know, I went out to Myrtle Beach uh, just a couple weeks ago by myself, and man, there's all kind of temptations, you go anywhere out there, and You have to say, am I still the same Josh, you know, at New Rocky Creek as I am at Myrtle Beach? I have to ask myself that. You know, there's so many different temptations, and especially even when you're married. Maybe, you know, sometimes, especially being married and you go out of town or something, you you can be tempted. There's temptation there. Um As your service for Christ and others motivated by by a sense of duty and obligation? um, There's so many things. But I think y'all get the the point. Is what is it that's lacking in me? You know, if Jesus, if they were to do an audit, if Jesus could come and do an audit of our church today, what would he say is lacking? You know, and I want to read this passage of scripture real quick, and we're going to, We're not going to go long today. But in Revelation, I like that passage in Revelation chapter 2. And I'll just read, uh, it's written to the church at Ephesus. to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say... They are apostles and are not, and has found them to be liars, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake, has labored and not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. So, to the church of Ephesus, he says, I have one thing. He, he commends them for some things. These things you're doing well, but I have this one thing against thee, that you have left your first love. And that's what I'm talking about. And and this, he goes on to say that if this doesn't change, then, you know, that I will come and take out your, your light. Your candlestick. And there's different interpretations, people feel about that, but what's what's for sure, is that God is promising, God's not going to leave you where you're at. And, uh, you know, he's not going to leave you in a, a lackluster relationship with him. You know, if, if that's how you're set up, he's going to do whatever he has to do to get you set up somewhere else, move you somewhere else, get you going where you are an example for him. It's just like a Chick-fil-A. If you, know, if you ride by Chick-fil-A and and if a Chick-fil-A wasn't producing and nobody was going to it and you rode by and it looked dirty and you, it looked, like, I'm not even sure who works there and it's just the, the people are rude there. Well, guess what? That's not going to stay a Chick-fil-A. I guarantee you someone's going to come in and say, this has got to stop. It can't be this way. And that location or whatever would be moved somewhere else or, you know, it would be changed. Something would have to change in order for it to remain a Chick-fil-A. And that's what Jesus is telling this church. If you're going to be my witness, these things that I'm telling you about, you've lost your first love. That's got to change. Or somebody or something's going to have to move. Right? God will move us. God will reposition us until we are... You know, loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So there is a challenge. There is a, you know, don't, we need to repent. We need to repent of these things is what God is telling us and what the the passage is saying that, you know, don't keep going on in this rut. Spend some time this week. Get away from it all if you have to. You know, and go pray. You know, where, do you still have a place to pray? Does, does, would somebody in your house say, if I were to come to your house or the Lord, someone would come to your house and ask, where does, where does he pray? Where does he, where does he read his Bible? What chair? And where, you know, what, what songs do you like? What worship songs do you like? You know, who's the last person you led to the Lord? What's their name? Is it written in your Bible? Could you tell us? You know? And those things can penetrate my own heart and say, wow, something's missing. Something's lacking in my own life. And I challenge us all as a group, you know, as, as the body of believers, and as Garrett comes, to look at your love relationship with Jesus Christ. And only Jesus knows the heart, but he knows what we're lacking he knows what you've let go of. He knows what you're no longer doing. Listen, don't don't let another year go by and and not deal with that. Don't let another Sunday go by. You know, sometimes there's, there's times for renewal. There's times to recommit. There's times to, you know, get back on the horse and say, God, this year, especially with Servant Surrender Sunday coming, Think about your ministry. Some of us are tempted to to do less or do nothing. But I challenge you to say, you know what, this is going to be my strongest year serving the Lord at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. This is going to be my strongest year, you know, as the leader of my family in devotions and prayer. This This is going to be the year I learn the most in my own personal Bible study, I'm going to conquer the book of Revelation. I'm going to conquer, you know, some of those minor prophets that I've always been avoiding. I'm going to finally read through the Old Testament. You know, I'm going to, um, you know, find me some books that I, I want to read. and I'm going to find some men to meet with during the week, and I'm going to pray with them. Now, I'm going to find me someone to mentor this year. I didn't mentor anyone last year. I'm going to mentor someone this year. You know, I'm, on, I'm going to be active in, in in this area and that area. This is going to be the year that that one thing, at least that the Lord's putting on my heart this year, won't be lacking next year. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you for...